Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in resentment. No, we're not. I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> That's another one of those times. You always do this. Like, I'm kind of like, dick, 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 like, click, 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 looking through my notes. And then all of a sudden she's doing it and it like catches me by surprise. You think it couldn't you would surprise think by me now, anymore? You would think by now this would look so much more different than it oh, does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when Carmen tells me like we're recording or he gives me the count to start, I have this moment where I'm like, how do I start this thing? What do I say every time? <laughs> what do I say? Hello. <laughs> And I don't even know how to start it at this point. I couldn't start it. I would just be like, what's up? Do you remember last time we recorded when we were leaving and we're we're leaving the studio and we're all exhausted and you're like, well, maybe we just don't have to do that part anymore. And then both of us were like, mm, and that sounds it too hard. It just won't work. <laughs> yeah. We're, we just, really, we're working on it. We're set we'll in our ways. We'll figure something out. I don't think we will. We might evolve, <laughs> and we also might just keep doing this. Uh, hi. It's not totally old, because it keeps surprising me. <laughs> when Joy's no longer surprised, then we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll rework it. <laughs> um, hi. Okay. Back to business, Joy. We're all business yeah. here. Let's be serious and not really <laughs> <laughs> My name is... Let's be joyless. Which is incidentally um, <laughs> the number one thing that's been said to me my whole life and not me saying it. <laughs> my name is my name is Summer Yeager and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And the thing I want you guys to know about Joy is something that I've told you already about Joy. But it really it really is evergreen and true. Um, when I'm in like a situation where I just really need some advice. I'm just like, okay, hold on. I got to go talk to Joy. <laughs> because, because Joy gives you good counsel. Joy is a good counselor. Matthew is so blessed. Georgia <laughs> is so blessed because you are good at giving counsel. And it's true because like there are times where I'm just like, you know what? Joy is going to know exactly what to do. <laughs> it really helps to have this like ultimate standard to go by doesn't it it's very helpful because you know and I feel like that I feel like I've had people tell me for a large part of my life that I give good advice but I would have to say some of the advice I've given mm-hmm. is not great yeah because sure. it's not um, right because it didn't it, follow the standard yeah, yeah 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 but you know it's yeah. just it it gets to be kind of easy when you're yeah. like oh don't sin against right. anyone that's the advice you should give. Like, yes. If your advice sins against somebody, that's not good, you know. But right. anyway, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, and you're right. I am Joy, um, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Summer, who is 
has a lot of people trying to contact her right now. My phone. I mean, I don't know if she ever is now on silent. Yeah. I think usually <laughs> she has a lot of people trying to contact her, um, which is one thing you could know about her. But the other thing <laughs> that I found out um, that you could know about Summer or should know about Summer is that um, when she paints her nails, she takes. I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe this, but she, she takes her fingernails, her hand, My hand, they're attached. Yeah, usually. And she takes the brush, the nail yeah. polish brush and yeah. applicator yeah. and just kind of brushes, swipes up and like covers everything. So like in the skin yeah. and the nail. And then she just lets time get rid of the excess <laughs> so that like she paints them and then a few days later I assume they look, great. they look great because there's no like everything that was on her skin has like worn away or chipped away yeah. at this point just leaving what's on the nail so I'll never forget the first time when I was like a teenager that my mom saw me painting my nails she was like what are you doing <laughs> and I was like what do you mean I'm, I'm painting my nails you just like paint the tip the whole end of your finger <laughs> it's like when you need to get ready for an event you just remember three days before the event paint your nails but i mean it happens really quickly like it dries and then you wash your hands and most of the excess paint comes off and then you have flawless edges because it only i mean your sticks. nails look you guys her nails look nice i mean that only sticks to the end it only sticks to your nail yeah so like i don't i've never understood why people waste their time just trying to paint their nail <laughs> like you could just paint the whole thing and then in a couple of hours you have some people are really good at it i can't do i can't i can't do it i don't have it, time some for that people can paint them and they just i have <laughs> tiny nails um like i've well, I've gotten better about not biting my nails, but even yeah. just my nail beds, are tiny. you guys, are like smaller than a dime. <laughs> like my thumbnail bed is right. the size of a dime. Right. Um, you do have small nails. And so it just, I haven't been trying to paint my nails like summer, but that's how <laughs> they get painted because they're so small and there's just not um, a lot of room. Right. Yeah. You just do what you got to do. And I was, we were on a road trip last weekend and I didn't have time to paint my nails before we left so I just brought my nail polish with me and then I just Eric was driving and I like leaned over and I just started painting my nails and it was like getting all over my fingers like it always does <laughs> and Eric was like are you gonna be able to do that and I was like it's fine your husband was like <laughs> I don't know a lot about this topic <laughs> but, it's but I feel like, like that's not he was like trying to tell me when like a bump was coming or if he was changing lanes and I was like, good it's man. fine. Good it's man. fine. It You're like, I don't, I'm not aiming for anything. I'm just shotgunning it. Just I'm casting a net here. Seriously. And then it'll wear off and it looks you guys great. Need to, they, her fingernails look great. You need to I don't try even, it. There's nothing wrong with the, you need the to try system it. as far as I can tell. No, everyone just try it and you're going to be like, thank you for saving me all that energy and effort. Well, and by that logic, you could have your kids do it. Yes, it's totally fine. And you wouldn't even have to do it. You could just take a little. It's great. Have a little manicure moment. Yeah. They get into my nail polish all the time. Anyway, just you guys try it. Let me know how it works out <laughs> for you. And just, you know, if it doesn't work out great, it's because you did it wrong. <laughs> you just, you didn't commit enough 
to painting the entirety <laughs> of the tip of your fingers. <laughs> and that was honestly your problem. So. <laughs> anyway, hi. Here we are. Um, last. Oh, uh, I just do. I want to tell you guys up front. Your voicemails are amazing. Um, all of the British listeners have been. Call- oh, they came through. They've been calling in. I need to re. It's I amazing. need to get that information yes, from you again. You need to log because in because since I the had issues with my computer, right? I haven't had. You have to listen. That. Our British listeners are the most precious, and they all said I could come stay at their house and have like this kind of. I don't know. They were talking about tea. I don't know what they were saying, but I was just like, yeah. Well, they have tea a lot yeah, every but day. Like somebody was talking about cream tea. I don't know what that is, but I'll have it. Like I'll have it. There's I just all different kinds of tea. I don't know what you're talking there. about. Um, the other day, I was hanging out with someone, and we went to a Taiwanese tea place, and they had pudding in their tea, which was like jam, kind of. Um, it reminds me of like well, boba is tapioca, right? But it was like um, I can, they had boba. Yeah, I've seen it. And then they yeah, it's I've like a it. mm-hmm. it's like a puree, like a yeah. jam that goes in the tea. So good, and you drink it up. Yeah. I've had it. There's a lot of, like, in the United States, we have, well, we have sweet tea, and then we have tea. Right. Right. <laughs> and then there's that. But most places take tea so seriously. I know. I'm into it. Yeah. They were talking about their tea, and they were convincing me to come over, and I was just like, I'm there. Are we going to England? If I go to England, <laughs> Joy, I don't know if you want to come with me. I want you to come with me. I'm just, I feel like I'm going to drive everyone nuts. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to be the worst. I'm a really good, um, I feel like, like you'd traveling be a good passenger. Okay. I'm very, I like to. You could like temper me. I try not to um, worry about seeing every single thing. Oh. I just like to see fun things okay. and have fun and like see memorable things. Yeah. So if I'm with someone who has their itinerary completely, like we're seeing this, then this, then this, and this, I'd just be like, okay, cool. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I I don't, I think I I would have to really prepare my heart. Um, You're already, she already has her itinerary, guys. I wrote it when I was. She's just waiting. I wrote it a decade ago. To get over there. So I'm ready. Um, But anyway, our listeners are. At some point she runs into Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean. And they say, we shake hands. It was an accident. (laughs) Hello, Sherlock. Benedict Cumbersprinkle. So um, thank you guys for the voicemails because they've been hilarious and amazing. And um, I love hearing your accents. And it's just so cool. It's so cool that we have listeners all the way over there. And it's just really fun. Um, so anyway, leave us a voicemail. Our voicemail number is 470-465-0475, 470-465-0475. Um, I've had people, this is just a couple house cleaning things. I've had people asking, um, if they can sign up on our website for a newsletter and you totally can. Um, it's just that <laughs> if you have ever gone to shieldagents.com and then you like exited out of the pop-up, you might not see it again. So I'm going to figure that out for you guys. Tune in when I get that figured out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also I want to throw this out there. We have a lot of new listeners and People are, um, and I love this, so don't get me wrong. People are always asking like, hey, can you talk about this thing? Can you talk about this thing? Or, hey, you should have this person on the show. I just want you guys to know, this is like our hundred somethingth 
episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you go to sheologians.com and use the search bar, search for it first because we might have already covered There's, we've that topic. Co- I mean, I think we're at like... 140? We've got to be, I know, somewhere I in between 130 and 150 episodes at this point. Yeah, so I am I promise I'm not being rude and I don't mind you guys asking that question. I'm just saying if you are like, oh, um, I want you guys to talk about this, go ahead and use the search bar at sheologians.com um, and stuff will pop up. I had yeah. someone the other day ask, like, can you talk about the Holy Spirit? So I went to sheologians.com and I searched Holy Spirit and I sent them the links Yeah. because um, we have talked about the Holy Spirit. And then someone was like, why don't you guys have Ali Stuckey on your show? And I'm like, we did. So yeah. I went to sheologians.com. And we were on Ali's show. Right. And then I searched for Ali Stuckey and there it was. So if you guys, you know, we have a lot of shows. So um, go ahead and use that. Check it out. Also, we are a supporter-funded show. So on patreon.com slash sheologians, if you give six bucks a month, you get early release episodes. We have a couple, um, why can't I think of the words? We have a couple Q&As up there. We have a couple of Patreon-only videos. And so if you sign up at patreon.com, you can get early release episodes and that stuff. And um, Joy doesn't like tiny water bottles. So if you ever see a tiny water bottle, um, think of Patreon <laughs> and consider partnering with us because we are 100% funded by our listeners. Um, True. And we need you guys. So that is all the housekeeping I think I had. I'm sure I forgot something. But anyway, um, so today we want to talk about temptations. And specifically, temptations we think are common to women. Although I think we both would caveat this and say... Really, none of this is something that only women right. <laughs> can do. Um, but we're women, so we can speak from experience. And um, obviously, we're speaking to women. So right. just so you guys know, we are not saying only women do this and men never do this. And it's your problem. That's not how we are attempting to... Um, Temptation can be an equalizer <laughs> for those of you that are looking for equality we can all be equal in sin (laughs) yes it sure sure can um so do you want to go first i don't know what you brought i don't know i mean i i know one idea that you had that you were going to talk about but we haven't shared with each other what specifically we're bringing what we think are common female temptations so kind of curious um, you want to go first? Yeah, I told you, like, my, we talked about mine a little bit. Okay. But I have no idea what yours is. Maybe I do, but I forget because I don't <laughs> remember anything anymore. <laughs> um, right. We had a conversation about what episodes we were doing today. And then I, like, 10 seconds later, I was like, I don't know what the episodes are. <laughs> anyway, welcome, eventually. Welcome to motherhood. It eventually gets in there. <laughs> and then I know. Um, well, so I think that I just had one really that I thought of, um, and I think that it's pretty common. And then I also, th- I think the reason it came to mind, uh, is its effect is pretty staggering. Right. Um, so my temptation, I think is, uh, you, you gave, you coined it this way, ungracious assumptions. Um, I do. Yep. So, which I think would sort of fall somewhere opposite of discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, like it almost seems like we could confuse the two. Yeah. But um, I have talked, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen yeah. women make ungracious assumptions. Mm-hmm. I have done it. 
Um, I have had friends talk to me about it, mm -hmm. and I have had friends, um, even more so, I would say, recently, talk to me about how they're having to um, train their kids. Oh, yeah. And specifically daughters to not mm -hmm. have ungracious assumptions. Um, so since, since I said kids, a good example of that that's very simple is one kid breaks another kid's toy and the assumption is that they did it maliciously. Right. Um, right. When really it was more than likely just an accident. Right. Or someone gets hit in the face. Right. And it's like, oh, well, did they really mean that? Right. But the assumption is, yes, they did. They did it against me and everything <laughs> I, I stand it. for. And I know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's obviously a very simple explanation. Another simple explanation. Um, there's all kinds of simple examples of it. There's more um, intense examples of it. It's all sin. Yeah. I'm not uh, bringing this up because I want you to like have a better, more peaceful life. I'm bringing it up because it's sin and we should stop <laughs> doing it. Um, so I have a few. There was a few. I had some just some thoughts about it um, that I wrote down. Um, I think we all kind of understand what I'm saying, what it is that I mean. Um, but I wanted to talk about sort of the issues with an ungracious assumption. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the number one thing that I would be concerned with in ungracious assumptions um, is that they're not actually like necessarily based in reality. Mm -hmm. um, you don't, they're based off of your feelings. Um, they're, uh, Typically, when we make an ungracious assumption, it's based off of how someone made us negatively feel. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so it's it, it's emotions based and the assumption is. So it's not just that it's based off of emotions and emotions are bad. The point is, is that it's based off of something that you don't actually know that right. wasn't actually told to you. Right. Um, or that you didn't actually see or hear. Um, it's just something that you felt and so you assumed the person did it um to corroborate the feeling that it gave <laughs> right, you right so like if your friend right. didn't you see a picture of fa on facebook of your friend uh, and a couple of friends at dinner and you think well she didn't like me because she didn't invite me because she doesn't like me right or that group is leaving me out right so the problem with that so we don't want to be ruled by our emotions, but the major problem is that you just don't know that nobody told you, I don't like you <laughs> right. and nobody told you, I, I thought about inviting you, but then I was like, no, I don't want to invite her. Um, <laughs> well, and I think, I think part of the reason why women tend to do that is because we believe we can't, we have intuition and yeah. we believe we have insight into other people's feelings. And I think there's an there is a singular aspect of that that is good. I do think women are, we are t we do tend to be more emotionally intuitive right. than men. But the thing is, is that your emotional intuition is not a standard for right. truth or for living. Right. So I get that. Yes, I think women, in general, <laughs> tend to be very emotionally perceptive. Mm -hmm. And that's true. And I mean, it that is really helpful um, with children and it can be helpful in a lot of areas. But just because, I mean, obviously, 
who among us sees ourselves 100% accurately. Right. I think it's really easy to, to, to tell yourself and convince yourself that you are so good at emotionally intuiting what other people are up to. But that number one might not be completely true about you. Yeah. And also it's just not a standard. It's well, not a standard. Like reacting to someone else's emotions is different than reacting to your own emotions too. Right. So there's a <laughs> right. difference between like perception and just reaction. Right. Um, but I think we do tend to confuse, we confuse them, the yeah. two. Um, so the other thing that I was going to say, um, the other issue is that, uh, um, it tends to be the root of gossip and slander. That's right. Um, what usually what happens when you make an ungracious assumption is not that you go to the person and <laughs> clarify it. Right. Um, you don't usually go to your friend who posted the dinner picture on Facebook. And, you know, I'm using this light example, but let's face it. If you're a woman, you know how dirty this can get. Right. This is, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. This has ungracious assumption if if it hasn't affected you directly, you know someone who's it's destroyed relationships for. Yeah. Churches have crumbled over this. Yeah. Um, this is this is like a deep festering right. sin, and so I'm not trying to make light of it. Right. Um, and we'll get there in a second. <laughs> um, but so um, obviously, uh, if you don't know that you're not supposed to gossip or slander mm -hmm. about um. It's in Ephesians. It's in Titus. In Titus 2, women are specifically uh, warned to not gossip. And Proverbs. Uh, yeah, pro all over I the mean, place just, in Proverbs. Just the whole book. It's just included, read the whole thing. It's included um, in Romans one twenty eight. It's not a good thing. Um, it's specifically, I would side with the Bible on this, it's not a good thing for women. Mm -hmm. um, it increases... It well, it encourages bitterness. Mm -hmm. It breaks fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's completely. If if you gossip, it's completely emotions based. Right. Um, if you say if you tell someone something that you don't know is true, mm -hmm. you are reacting emotionally mm -hmm. and lying right about something. Yeah. Because if you, we've been sort of trained up. In an incorrect way, I think this like this attitude was fostered a little bit in our generation and some generations, some surrounding generations, which is that if someone makes you feel a certain way, you can vent about it. You need to process it. Um, well, and so I'm not necessarily I'm not saying there's no circumstances in which that's true. But what I'm saying is that um, if you don't know that something is true. And you spread it to someone else. You're not just gossiping. You're lying. You're lying. Right. <laughs> um, that's not, it's not, there's You're no, saying I know something is true right. that I don't know is yeah, true. You're going to someone you're saying, hey, this happened. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to stop our friends who do that. We yeah. And we need to, we can help each other out. And we need to even stop people who are saying, I think this is why she did that. Right. Because that is that is the more honest version of the ungracious assumption. Right. But it's still lying. Right. Um, if you don't know if something's true, you don't even need to spread your theory right. on. Um, if you have an issue with someone, what you need to do mm -hmm. is reconcile with that person. Yeah. And straighten things out. If you can't, just right. get over it. Right. And I think even 
just giving, you know, we, we did a whole episode on um, gossip because it is something that is destructive and it's something that we're so, so, so strongly warned against over and over in scripture. And I think that um, just a quick definition would be gossip is saying something about someone behind their back with intent to harm them. Like right. when you know. And if it's a lie, I, there, we're not just intent is off the table right if you lie about someone right you're intending to harm them that's right. just that's just that's what it is just what it is you right. can try and make your claim right i'm not gonna hear it sorry <laughs> right so just i mean that's a very brief definition again we have a whole episode on it if you search gossip on the website yeah we talked about it for <laughs> like an hour we did um and we think it's this is worthy of considering and talking about because scripture spends a lot of time talking about it and because yeah. scripture warns women against it specifically, um, I think we would all be silly and foolish and harming ourselves if we didn't believe that this was something that can be very easy for us to fall into. But I don't want you guys, like, we live in a world with people. So there are people I have talked to you about today, right? Right. Is that is it gossip? Well, no, not every time you mention someone's name who isn't in the room right. is it gossip. Um, so we need to I think we need to have a very full theology of this. But the specific thing that you're talking about isn't necessarily gossip. It's that it's that internal. And then it, when it goes outward, it becomes gossip. It's that internal, ungracious, immediate jump to the worst possible assumption right. of what someone else is doing. And this is contra what we're commanded to do because we know that love bears all things believes all things hopes all things right. so if you're not hoping all things if you're not believing all things if you're not giving someone this this a gracious a gracious assumption um then you're not loving them and right. so and it does it damages relationships and i think it ends up hurting the person who's guilty of this the most oh yeah actually well, my my the next thing i wanted to say about it is that it puts you at the center of the universe. Right. Um, so if if your assumption um, is the story, it's mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. It's the it's what actually happened. No questions asked. No grace is given. Um, if if your perspective is it, mm -hmm. then what what you're saying is that your perspective is the filter. Um, that we view the world through. Right. Um, but if you're in Christ, I hope you know that you're not the root of all knowledge and wisdom. Right. Um, and I hope you know that that's not how it works. You don't, you don't get to decide what truth is. Right. So, so the, my, my big thing here is uh, for me, an ungracious assumption is you thinking the like assuming the intent of someone when you don't know the operative part of that is that you don't know it so you don't know if it's true right or if it's not true right but when you take when you when you rationalize or glorify the ungracious assumption what you're doing is saying well, if I feel like it's true, <laughs> then it is true right which is a very and dangerous now you are God right. Yeah, so you know you're not the root of knowledge and wisdom, and you know you aren't sovereign, mm -hmm. which leads to the last thing I wanted to say about it, this whole center of the universe thing. 
this goes to the judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Judge, executioner portion of the, of this. <laughs> um, you become the standard of justice. That's right. So that doesn't just mean that you get to decide how the person makes it right. It means you decided that the person was wrong mm-hmm. when you really don't know. Mm-hmm. You really don't know. that. That is the the foundation of the ungracious assumption is that you don't know. I'm not talking about someone looking in the eyes and going, I don't like you. I'm talking about <laughs> right. you assuming that someone doesn't like you because they did this or this. They or, didn't meet your expectation of what treatment should look like. Right. Um, and so it, it's not just as simple as you getting you deciding it's wrong and then you getting to decide what the punishment is. It means um, that you're actually, you're in charge of um, what constitutes atonement. Right. So I don't just want you to look at this in like a punishment type of way. Right. But I want you to really consider, have you ever assumed that someone did something to you or wronged you in some way? You never approached them about it. And then you decided that until you were ready to forgive them, it was acceptable for you to not forgive them. Right. Um, That is, I really, I don't even know if I can make this come across as serious (laughs) as it is. Right. Um, You're not in charge of the blood atonement. Right. You're not. Right. You, there was a person that was given a command to be the blood atonement. Mm -hmm. That was not you. Mm -hmm. You're not in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And then you were given a command Mm -hmm. on how to receive an apology. Mm -hmm. You were given a command on how to seek reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an important command. It's actually an important command that that, um, keeps you should keep you from the table. Well, actually, it shouldn't keep you from the table. The command is right. don't stay away from the communion table. Go fix it right. and then come. Right. Like your job is Go to, to be brother. here at this table. Right. So do whatever Reconciled. you need to do right. to get to this table. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean rationalize your ungracious assumption. Right. It means go reconcile. Right. If you have a problem with your brother, you go seek reconciliation and then come to the table. Right. And it is. It's that serious. And I think a lot of people, I don't think the church has made a big enough deal about how we come to the table. Yeah. um, Because it is a command that you go to your brother um, and that you reconcile. Yeah. Before you come to the table. So I think what we have. There's not many rules. Right. About (laughs) coming to the table for the believer. (laughs) Right. But. (laughs) <laughs> there right. are there right. there's a right way to come to the table. Right. And and it's it's undeniably Right. You are not it is the, the come to the table, um, do this often in remembrance of me. Right. Renew this covenant. Mm-hmm. Observe this covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you're in good fellowship right. with with your brothers and sisters. Right. Renew your intimacy right. with God, but first do this and then right. come because it's not an option to to not go to the table. Right. Like we shouldn't have this thought as believers like, oh, I'll just abstain from the table until I'm ready. Right. It's like, no, get your butt to your brother or sister. Right. Reconcile with them mm-hmm. and get to the table. It's your job to be here. Right. It's not 
like, oh, we'll just figure it out. Right. <laughs> I love um, along the same lines. I mean, obviously you have Matthew 18. We're told how to deal with disagreements. And right. when we have an issue, um, you go to that person first. Um, and then you can bring in other people on it. But you go to them first. But um, I really like Proverbs 25, 9. Um, I think this is where... I think this is why moms tell their kids not to tattle. <laughs> um, but Proverbs 25, 9 says, argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another's secret. Isn't it so interesting, though? Like, I don't I just don't think enough of us think that way. Right. Like, I don't I don't think we're taking scripture at its word. Do not reveal another's secret. Like, if you have a case that needs to be dealt with with your brother or sister, you talk to them first. Right. You talk to them first. And and if you haven't spoken to them first, you you cannot go bring other people in. No. And it's not your business to reveal people's secrets. Right. So it's like, you have to talk to this person. If you haven't met that minimally, then you're in sin. Just yeah. period. End of story. You're, you're going against scripture. You're straight out rejecting the command you're given right. on reconciliation and forgiveness. Right. And I just want to say, if you have an issue and you're still going to the table, right. that's a problem. Yeah. It really is. It's not just like a nice tradition that we do on Sundays. Right. That's um, right. So you need to do what the, what the scripture tells you to do, which is go make it right. Right. Um, and then come to the table. Yep. Now, that's important. Mm-hmm. The other summation I have is if there's no issue, there's no issue. We shouldn't, don't make we one. don't need to reconcile over things that never happened. Right. If you get something in your head and you cannot let go of it, mm-hmm. you s- absolutely need to go to that person and clear it up. And you know what? If they say, oh, that's not how I meant it, please stop with <laughs> the gracious, ungracious assumptions right. and don't, don't continue to say oh but you did mean it like that i know you did and it made me feel this way um if you're making something up yeah you made it up well that's a lack of forgiveness right and it's i think bitterness right too that you're and that you just can't um it's a lie right an ungracious assumption is a lie that you are telling yourself um stop right (laughs) yeah Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So mine, we could do a whole episode on that. I'll try to move us along. Um, I was thinking about this one the other day uh, because I had to battle the temptation. And thankfully, the older I get and the more I battle the temptation, the easier it is not to even be tempted to it. So that's good news. And I want to wrap up this whole conversation at the end with like, how do we deal with temptation? Because we're talking about temptations, common temptations. Um, I think a very common temptation for women is being quick to bitterness. And I mean that in the most mundane way possible. And I thought about this and I wanted to talk about this because this moment I had the other day where um, the night before I had cleaned the whole kitchen and I mean, I had just like scrubbed it down and I have really obnoxious white counters that you can see everything on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had cleaned them and it was good and it was great. And I went to bed and I got up in the morning and I came downstairs and it was like 8 a.m. And I looked at the counters and I was like, how? <laughs> Who's even been awake? <laughs> and I got the wipes out. All of you were sleeping. I know you were all sleeping. <laughs> and so I got the wipes out again. This was the last thing I had done when I was downstairs. 
And I started wiping the counter and I realized, and so I had the thought, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And then I realized that if I hung on that thought and if I decided to be annoyed that I had to wipe the counters again, that I would be giving in to bitterness. Well, and, and you'd be annoyed for the rest, the rest of your of, life. Yeah, <laughs> the rest of my life. But I think... Well, I guess bitter for the rest of bitter, your life. right. Yeah. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? Like, um, this is a very... This is just a part of life. And being annoyed by these small inconveniences, like, there's actually a positive spin I can put on it. And I think we need to be guilty of putting a positive spin on these very mundane moments where we look at them and go, I'm so thankful that I have so many people in my house that my counters are dirty at 8 a.m. in the morning. Right. And then and then we need to cheerfully wipe down the counters and put this in any any moment possible. Put it, uh, you know, spin it in any moment in any relationship you have with someone that you live with. Like, oh, I have to pick up your socks again or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like I think we can be so quick to bitterness when other people do things that might put, might inconvenience us for a second. Um, especially as moms, I know when you have little kids, like of course you want to teach them. Do not hear me wrong. I am very invested in teaching my kids to pick up their own socks and yeah. to wipe their own spills. And I believe in that and I do that. But the reality is they're kids. Mm -hmm. No one's going to care about the cleanliness of the house like me. Right. And they're still learning. So yeah. I think it's it's fine that they're that every day I'm going to wipe the counter and then an hour later it's going to be dirty. Mm -hmm. I just I think that there are a lot of women who really struggle with the state of their lives in these ways because we want it to be under control. Um, and that makes sense. I think there's a certain amount of control your home and your life should be under and that's fine. But when it when it be gets to the point where you're bitter when it's not, that's when this is a problem. Right. Um, and so I just, I want, I know there was a time in my life where I actually had to battle that, where it wasn't a temptation. It was something that I felt. I was bitter when... Yeah when I was a new mom and I was like, I just can't believe all these things I have to do and I never yeah. catch up and it was new and it was awkward and it felt like I was walking on stilts. Um, and I just really through a lot of prayer and a lot of changing of perspective to a perspective of thankfulness as opposed to bitterness. Right. <laughs> um, this isn't a common temptation anymore. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of women, especially when they have littler children, can feel very, very out of control and then resentful towards the situation that they're mm -hmm. in very easily. And what I'm saying is I understand that, but you have to stop. You cannot be quick to bitterness. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Right. Um, and we need to be able to control ourselves. We need to recognize when we're giving into this temptation, when we're deciding to be bitter, um, when, well, and it can get it can swallow you. Yes, that's the thing about both of these temptations that we've talked about, is if you allow them to go unchecked, yeah, you will, you will You're ungraciously will assume everyone everything, yeah, and um, be you will be bitter, yeah. about everything, right? Once you, it's it just adds and snowballs and snowballs. Right. What, if the counters start bothering you. At, from that moment on for the rest of the day, every little thing Everyone's is going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. And you really, 
that is a quick recipe for misery. And ultimately what you're doing is you're refusing to be thankful. Right. You're just refusing not, to be thankful. Yeah. The, our point here is that, um, is not avoid these temptations or battle these temptations to have a happy life. You will feel the, the great benefits of being faithful and obedient. Our point is these things are sin. Right. They do not so we honor can't God. Do them. We can't, <laughs> right. we, it's not that we can't do them because they'll make us unhappy. Right. And they'll like we won't be as good of parents or wives or whatever. Right. It's that it's un, it's just unfaithful. Well, disobedience leads to misery. Yeah. Ultimately. Right. Um, but if we want to be Christian women that are if we want our lives to testify of God and his grace, these aren't going to be temptations that we refuse to fight. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to fight them. Right. And we're going to pray to win that battle. And you might, I, I'm not going to say might, you need to pray about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, I have one more. Do you have one oh, more? Okay. I don't, but I don't. you do it. Okay. This is one I have been thinking about for a very long time and I'm going to have to explain it. Um, I think a, co- a, a common temptation to women that we need to be really, really careful about not idolizing is the need to make ourselves known and understood. Oh, let me we talked about this a little bit the last time you were out here. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. So let me explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So the caveat up front, I have to give you guys, I'm not saying that miscommunication and being misunderstood are good things. Okay. Miscommunication is not a good thing. Being misunderstood is not great, and I'm not advocating for those things. So let me just say that up front. Um, but I've had this thought recently that Christians have started to believe what the world believes about the solution to our problems. And I was listening to this podcast this morning, and this this transgender woman, man, I don't know what to say, this, this person who's yeah. transgender, mm-hmm. um, was talking about all these difficult things that they've, that she has, I'm sorry. That I know, she has, I know what you mean. It's I'm not, sorry. We're really not, not trying, trying to be like disrespectful. I'm it's not, just, I just, it was hard. Um, that she had gone through in her life and she said that she finally realized that the key to her happiness would be if everybody just understood where she was coming from and who she really was, Right. which is why she quote came out as a as a man so so she was like if i come out and, and then people finally understood stand me and they finally know me then i'm going to be able to have healthy relationships and i was right. like there it is this is what i've been yeah. seeing happening in christian conversation mm-hmm. is this idea that if you just make yourself known if people if people just understood you if your husband just understood you more your relationship would be better and everything would be healthy and right. if, if your friends really just knew how you were really feeling then everything would be great and i'm like but that's not true because what you're saying when you say that is that the ultimate good in your life is how people see you right but that's not true is you being known Right. So the focus of our lives shouldn't be on whether or not we are understood. It should be on whether or not God is understood. Yeah. Well, and ultimately we are known. Right. God knows you. (laughs) Yes. That should either cause you to rejoice, but also probably tremble. Tremble. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, 
so some like, of you just tremble maybe if you're <laughs> not saved and know. you're listening to this right i don't know <laughs> but it's like it's it is not so here's what i'm not saying let's say you and your husband have communication problems yes learning how to communicate better with your husband is going to be helpful right. however uh, if you want healthy relationships in your life, your spiritual life has to be right. Like, I understand that unbelievers can have okay relationships. But yeah. ultimately, unbelievers' relationships, because they're based on human autonomy and love for self, are never going to be what God designed them to right. be. Unless you're living a godly life, your relationships are, are going to have more problems <laughs> than they need yeah. to. Um, and so... I. I want, I want Christian women, instead of putting a focus on, I need my husband to understand me, I need this and that, your focus should be, I want my husband to be right with God. Right. Like, if you really want to be close to your husband, pray for his spiritual life. Yeah. Pray that he's going to love God more. Because ultimately, if you both are loving and serving God and seeking after him and seeking after his will and you your spiritual life is in check i promise you your relationship is going to be better yeah because we absolutely believe that god's standards are best so if we're truly loving each other it's because the spirit empowers us to do so um the world doesn't have a right definition of love that doesn't they don't have a right definition of toxic relationships or healthy relationships or all this other like psychology that we hear about um, relationships, it's totally seeping into the church and the way that we talk about what we need in relationships. Yeah. The number one thing I need in my relationship with you is for you to love God. Right. And if you're loving God and you're, you're obeying him, like our relationship's going to be as easy as two sinners relationships can be. Yeah. Um, and so I think we need to recover that idea that ultimately the, my relationship with you, whether I'm talking about my husband or my friends or people online, if I want health in these relationships, all of us need to be seeking after God and yeah. knowing God. Um, and that is going to affect how we relate to others. Yeah. Um, and so I think the best thing you can pray for any relationship is for yourself to be in right relationship with God yeah. and then the other person. Well, if you have, an, if you have this deep, deep desire to be known um, then what's happening is you're believing the lie that God doesn't know you. Right. Um, and he does know you. And like I said, maybe you have a hard time believing that because it should cause great fear and trembling that he knows you. Right. Um, but I was thinking about this a lot when we were doing the Enneagram episode, because mm -hmm. what really hit me is just a lot of people were rationalizing using this obviously pagan test or ritual i don't even know how to like exactly what word that i'd like to say ritual use ritual ritual use um, ritual because <laughs> i'm like i know people are using it as a test but if we're we've right. talked about what its origins are right but so people are willing to rationalize using something um that's clearly extra biblical and anti-biblical um to get to just be known better like a a big thing that i that i see from christians is the enneagram will help you know yourself better so that you can love others better so that you can love your spouse better. Um, 
And it got me thinking. It was like, so the point of the Enneagram is to be known and to know others. Right. When we really need to focus on, not again, not a bad thing to know other people, Mm-mm. not a bad thing to know more about your spouse. And it's really not even a horrible thing to know about yourself, which is like, I struggle with this more than this. Or, but sure. there's a, there, here's what we need to remember. We're not here to be known. <laughs> right. The point of your marriage is not for you to be known. Right. If you have an issue with being known, mm-hmm. God knows you. Yeah. That's right. what matters. Right. The way you get rid of that temptation, if if you tend to have an issue with constantly seeking A, B, or C from people mm-hmm. is because you're believing the lie mm-hmm. that you're not receiving A, B, or C from God. Right. Um, that is where your focus needs to be. Right. You intimately knowing about your sin so that your husband can love you better and you can love people better and you need to know right uh you need and it helps you know how to get over your issues mm-hmm. um that's not the most important thing no we are and, we aren't here to be to make ourselves known we're here to make god known right and when you subvert that order you're you're welcoming in some real big problems yeah like i believe if your goal is to make, if your main goal is to just make yourself known, then I think you're welcoming in problems in your relationships. Ultimately, your marriage is to make Christ and the church known. Right. Your life is to make God known. If you like, if you're going after those things, I really think you're gonna have a happy marriage. Right. Like if- one of the <laughs> benefits of that will be yes that you know your spouse better, right. that you communicate better, you sin against each other less. Right. Or if <laughs> right. you do sin against each other, you reconcile better. Right. Um, and, and that's the, the, there is not, there's not a moment where scripture points us to man and then God. Right. There is no, it's, that's not the, that's not the flow. That's not the, that's not the pyramid. <laughs> It's not the priority pyramid. Right. And so I think that it's just important. Um, again, if this if this is not your temptation, then it's right. not your temptation. You right. don't have to make it about you if it's not about you. Um, but, uh, but I do think we, in a, trying to say this as graciously as possible, a lot of people, mm-hmm. they may not even totally realize they're doing it. We're very mm-hmm. inundated by this kind of talk and psychology. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot of people see ultimate benefit, the ultimate benefit in knowing themselves better, mm-hmm. attending, uh, going to counseling so that they can know themselves better. Right. Um, and that just isn't it. It's not that you don't have to do that ever at all. Right. But that is not the main focus right. of your life. And you certainly can't, if it's causing sin, mm-hmm. if you're sinning against your husband because you resent him because he doesn't know you the way that you want him to. Right. Um, you have a problem. Right. With it, it's, it brings sin into your life. Right. And again, just, just to caveat it, I'm not saying that you and your husband don't need to know each other or communicate. Obviously, you should know each other. And you need to communicate right. and work on that. And those are good things. And, I'm, and they're helpful things. 
But I'm saying the ultimate goal in your life and in your marriage should be that others know God and that you reflect God's glory. And that's what you're doing. And if we prioritize how God tells us to prioritize, that does create healthy relationships, just like you were talking about with ungracious assumptions. If we prioritize the standard of truth, forgiveness, reconciliation, letting go of wrongs, forgiveness, if we prioritize the things that God tells us to prioritize, as opposed to our feelings, our wants, our needs, my, 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 me, Mm -hmm. me, me, you're going to have a lot more healthy relationships. Right. So that's the whole point of that. That's it. My other one was gossip, and we already talked about that. Yeah. And busybodiness. We did. I think um, busybodiness is very much related to gossip, but... Um, I think that's a... I think... Um, it's all related. We, we <laughs> talked about that in our gossip episode, but I do right. think it's... People hear busybody busy and they think, oh, that's kind of a funny word. It is different from gossip. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's basically the receiver mm-hmm. of gossip, and I think that that may be... While gossip tends to be pretty forgivable in churches it shouldn't be I'm not saying it should be but we tend to rationalize it often i think being a busybody is even more rationalized yes um i think it's in a way it's more dangerous because right. you're you can convince yourself that you're not actually like participating right but the bible actually tells us to not hear don't accept hear it. don't accept these yeah, accusations don't receive gossip no, either it's just such it is part of fallen human nature that we just want we need to know what everyone else is up to right and we've made a cute little joke out of it saying fomo fear of missing out yeah that's what the world calls it now is like oh you know this person just had to be a part of this and yeah. had to be a part of that because of fear of missing out and it's like no it's not fear yeah let's not trivialize it or take away the responsibility of it. It's just that you want to know everyone is up to all the time and right. you have to be a part of it because you're inserting yourself into things that you don't well, need un- to. Unfortunately, in Christian circles, it can be done under the guise of love uh-huh. and like caring about someone. Right, right. Um, <laughs> being like, oh, well, you know, I noticed this and I was just wondering like what happened. Oh, what was that? Even though I'm not your friend. I'm not, and I don't we've know you never... and I'm not a part of this and I, yeah. c- I can't help the situation it just has in to, any way. That needs to, <laughs> yeah. you guys, it's none of your business. Right. Train your kids. Most stuff is none of our business. <laughs> um, our, we had some technical issues, but all I was saying was that we, we live in a time where it's easy and very acceptable to enjoy other people's lives like reality TV Right. Um, social media. YouTube, social media, things like that. Right. Um, but being a busybody is something that was warned about in yeah. the scriptures. Um, I, I honestly think you can, I think you can participate in watching other people's lives and not be a busybody. Right. The, the answer doesn't need to be take all of that out of your life. Right. Um, there's a line. Right. We well, and my, my advice to moms is that you can start teaching this to your kids early. Um, you can teach them the idea that they don't have to fear missing out, that they don't have to know everything that's going on, that right. they don't have to hear everything that's going on. Not as a matter of exclusion, because I think kids can very easily feel left out because they're kids and everything's new and there's this big adult world they don't understand. Yeah. I'm not saying don't train them in that, don't bring them into 
your life. I'm saying that there are easy situations where, you know, you might be in conversation with a kid about about a discipline issue or about something going on. And then the other kid walks in and is like, what? What's going on? Who said what? What happened? Where? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a moment, I think, a teachable moment. Um, I've come up with a with a word when my kids are doing this mm-hmm. so I can quickly remind them like, hey, like, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to shut you down. But here and they know what it means. They know what I'm saying and they mm-hmm. understand it. And um, the feedback they've given me is actually that it's very helpful when I haven't used it in a while. They'll go, hey, can we go back to when you would say da 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 da? So I would know yeah. that they've been like they've they've actually appreciated their reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just encourage moms to teach your kids young um, not to be busybodies. Right. And I'm not saying don't encourage curiosity, but there's an appropriate curiosity and there's an inappropriate curiosity. And you should teach them the difference while they're young. Agreed. So anyway, um, my last thought is just with these temptations, what can you do? Number one, pray. Um, First Corinthians 10, 13 is very, very encouraging. Um, It says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted to beyond, be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So um, don't feel that if these are big temptations for you, that they are, you're never going to be able to overcome them and you need a 12 step plan or whatever it is. Um, Scripture, uh, Psalm 119 11 I have here as well, I think is very helpful. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Being in the word, being in scripture, is a part of how the spirit works in our lives to um, rid us of the sin and to um, grow us and to sanctify us. And so be in the word. Um, Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So walk in the spirit be in the word, be in prayer, be mindful of these things. And I think, um, God well, has, and you. Just, God has just you fight, fight it, fight it. Yeah. You really will. Some, there's not, some people are like, Oh, well the problem is I have a temptation to not read my Bible. <laughs> so how do I rid myself of all the other temptations of reading my Bible is going to help <laughs> me get rid of the temptations. <laughs> and it's like, you just have you're just gonna have to do it fight it and do it um right you can be accountable to someone else Mm -hmm. you will just have to do it you will just have to um, have someone give you that code word (laughs) that's like hey you're being a busybody or like yeah hey you kind of assumed that like you didn't you don't really know that that's true um what's our code word this week oh yeah our password people have been posting pineapples i know i did see i thought Um, that was funny what should our code word be? Ferris wheel, because of the London Eye. Okay. And yeah. because I'm terrified of Ferris wheels, but I would ride that. Oh, are you afraid? I'm. Ter- I'm. I. Let's. Can we talk about that another time? Okay, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's it for this week. You can hit us up at Patreon.com/slash/theologians. We really need your support, and um, and don't forget to leave us voicemails 470-465-0475. and don't forget as you go about your week to make the most gracious assumptions possible. And we'll see you next week. See ya.